Hello, and welcome to 15 Minutes to Change the World, where in 15 minutes you can learn a bit more about the world and how you can help change it. My name is Lama Al-Safi, standing in for Kasia Sushin as host of this podcast. The French writer Gustave Flaubert, known for his novel Madame Bovary, once said, Travel makes one modest. You see what a tiny place you occupy in the world. In this episode of 15 Minutes to Change the World, we're looking at travel, why it is important, how it can impact our lives, and how it can change our perspective on the world. Our guest today is Joshua Morin from Nomo Films, a media production company whose diverse portfolio ranges from viral travel videos to award-winning documentaries. Joshua, when did you first start traveling and why? What inspires you to keep seeing more of the world? I started traveling at the age of 16. Um, I finished high school early and um, I decided to, instead of going right to college, that I would take some time off and uh, I guess it would be called a gap year. but I did it, I guess, before gap years existed, or I hadn't heard of them. I didn't know what I was doing. I just kind of hopped on a plane and uh, decided to travel the world a little bit and see more about the world. But um, yeah, I mean, I used to be a musician, and I bartend, bartended, I waited, I, I did anything, and I just saved money every year and two months of the year I'd be gone, uh, if not more. Um, I, yeah, so a lot of people used to say, oh, I don't know how you can afford to travel all the time, and I think it, as long as you make it a priority, then you can do it. It's not, uh, especially, like, there's so many, like, we, we were very lucky because our dollar commands a lot in the world. Um, I mean, not as much as others, but uh, we have a good situation where we can save a little bit and be fine overseas for a long time. So it's, it's possible for us to be able to do that, us Canadians. How many countries have you been to so far? Do you keep count? Now, I used to count. I used to have a, I wanted to, I, I was very adamant about, you know, not going for a week and saying that I've been somewhere. So I was always like, I need to stay at least a month or two to f- see a country. And then I was trying to get to 50 before 50. Um, but I'm pretty sure I'm way past that now. And what has been your favorite travel location so far? Yeah, I have a, a bunch of different favorite ones. Um, the Philippines was my, my uh, favorite country f- for a long time. And then the islands are beautiful. There's rice terraces that are really amazing. Um, and then in other places, Bolivia. I really uh, love desert landscapes. So the uh, uh, the salt flats were pretty amazing. And uh, they also have the jungle there and the Amazon and stuff. So it's a pretty, pretty cool place to go. If you like animals, then definitely a safari. You know, somewhere, maybe Kenya or Tanzania or maybe South Africa or, you know, there's so many places that you, could, you could go see that. but. That'd be, that's a good place. Um, so maybe like Morocco is, is pretty, pretty amazing. Uh, Jordan was pretty amazing as well. And I, yeah. I really, really liked Southeast Asia. So I've done, I think, all the countries there, uh, or been to all the countries there many times, actually. And uh, yeah, they're really eye-opening. It's, and they're easy to travel to. So it's, and they're cheaper, too. So those are good places to go as well. Joshua, what inspires you to keep traveling today? 
Yeah, more actually more and more. So um, every year, technology is really driving me to see the world more. Um, you know, being stuck in a city in a Western world, uh, there's a lot, a lot of uh, change that is happening here that people don't really see because they're just surrounded by it all the time. But when you visit um, other remote communities around the world, you see uh, just a different presence, a different way of life. I just it, it want, yeah, it makes me want to go out and see more. Um, I, f- I find that uh, there's more community, more family. So yeah, it just it, uh, I just want to see more and more. So to our quote at, uh, during the introduction, do you think travel makes one modest? Does it change your perspective and understanding of the world? Yeah, it enlightens you and then it allows you to, to carry it on through other family and uh, like I have a daughter. So, you know, I teach her those values that uh, that we might forget. So, it, yeah, I mean, traveling kind of enlightens you and opens you up to uh, a lot of different aspects that we don't see here in the Western world. I think uh, when people do travel to more remote communities around the world, um, it's interesting to pay attention to the way people live, the way people treat each other, uh, just like their daily lives, how different it is, um, how they get rid of waste management, things like that, how the government acts, you know, um, there's how religion is. All these things kind of affect uh, affect our world differently. Um, and when you travel, it's, you know, if you pay attention to that, it, I think you can carry those things back home for the good and for the bad and, and uh, for the enlightenment of yourself and the community around you. Joshua, you recently returned from visiting a care project in Nepal with Shannon Elliott, one of our Care Canada staff members, where you captured some incredible film footage we will soon share here in Canada. Tell me about this travel experience. Was it different from some of the other travel you have done? And did you learn anything new about CARE's work that you didn't know before the trip? I didn't realize that CARE um, worked in such remote communities. I've done quite a lot of these projects before, uh, but nothing that far out. Um, it seemed like CARE was doing a lot of good in a lot of smaller communities. Um, uh, Shannon and I were filming in the rice fields with these ladies with these massive hats. We stopped on the side of the road and then started filming them. And one of the guys came up to uh, to Shannon and he thanked her for having built a, and he said this in English, thank you for, for building a, a school. You know, without that, I wouldn't have been able to yeah, go to school, learn English and all this stuff. So it was like, it's things like that, that kind of, I'm like, oh, wow, Kara really, really does work all over the world. And I, I didn't really realize that. So it, uh, it did open my mind, yeah. You travel for work, and when possible, your family travels along with you. In your experience, how do you think families can make travel part of their lives? I actually find it's easier to travel with a family. Being a, a filmmaker, you know, I always have a camera up. Um, and so people... Maybe it's not a negative tone, but they'll take it as like, oh, who's this guy with a camera? But when I have my family, I have my daughter with me, right away their guard goes down. And and I find that the uh, interactions that I have with people are, are even better because they're like, oh, he's a family man and he's with his, his daughter and his wife. Um, and actually, even when the camera's down, I definitely have better experiences with them because we we match up better because everybody has kids everybody has families you know it's uh so it's something that's common between us even though we might not speak the language or understand the religion or the anything about their culture um yeah what benefits do you think traveling together brings to a family 
so many people have kids here and then decide, oh, okay, no, we can't bring our kid outside or to a different country or to, you know, but having seen the world, I know there are children playing in the streets at, uh, at young ages as well over there. Kids in flip-flops playing football, you know, uh, just like all these different things like, you know, uh, kids spinning tires with sticks, you know, uh, down the street. So there's no difference to me being over there or over here except for the fact, I guess, you could get sick. But, I mean, if you take the, the precautions and, yeah, it's... Uh, I don't see why my family shouldn't be able to travel like that. And I think that it shows them, um, it gives them a different education, a better education, I think, you know, it's uh, seeing that. We started traveling with her when she was uh, four months old. Um, yeah, it definitely got easier as time went on. I, my wife was a big part of taking care of, <laughs> care of my daughter, especially on the airplane when it's like a 24-hour flight. But uh, yeah, it was difficult at first, but I think that the payoff was, uh, was worth it. Um, so and and we traveled slower too you know before we'd try and have a checklist of things we wanted to see and then when you have a baby with you you know you take your time and maybe you're more embedded in the community because you're sticking around longer and you're taking your time so but then you have better interactions so uh, it's, it's a good payoff I think it's worth it everybody has their own priorities right I mean some people want to build a pool and stay at home and relax there which is fine too you know I just for for me anyways my priority was always to to be traveling around the world and and seeing different things and I think yeah it, although it's changed over the years like what I want to do and why I want to go um it's uh, but I think it's good to see the world and and make the make changes out there and and finally, Joshua, many of our listeners are interested in travel and also interested in protecting the environment. Do you have any practical tips for those listening at home or in their car right now on how to travel in an environmentally responsible way? I started asking um, flight attendants on separate flights what they do with the waste uh, at the end of a flight. And apparently it's up to the country to decide. Um, and since we're flying to you know, remote countries or different uh, parts of the world, a lot of the countries just burn their garbage. They're, so the airlines have nothing to do with it. They can't dispose of the waste any other way. They basically just drop it off and then they burn it. So I started looking into, well, how can I decrease uh, you know, my footprint by taking these on these flights? Because if you think about like every time you have a glass of water, every time you have a glass of wine, every time you um, open you know, your cutlery, it's, you're going through so much waste. And most of the time it's very unnecessary. So to answer that question, I started like bringing refillable water bottles. I have a collapsible one, and I also have a collapsible cup, and I have my own cutlery, and uh, so those are things that, and and, and a bag too. Like, um, I mean, even if you have to buy a plastic bag overseas, you know, just try and reuse it as much as possible. So I'm really trying to trying to do that as much as possible uh, because, and I'm trying to force flights airlines to see that there's I, like I would pay more money just to not have that waste that you don't need to give me more cutlery I'll just reuse them or I'll you know reuse that that plastic glass or whatever it is um, so I think people just being aware of stuff like that when you're overseas um, really would make uh, a difference by bringing your own bag or reusing it or bringing your cups uh, and nowadays it's a lot more common to see uh, refillable water stations so getting uh, water in places where I never would have uh, used their tap water. I would have bought a plastic bottle because I didn't want to get sick. Uh, nowadays, it's, it's a lot more common and a lot more safe. So bringing a collapsible water bottle is, is a good idea. 
Thank you so much, Joshua, for taking the time to talk with us today. It was a pleasure speaking with you, and we wish you the best of luck with your future travels. And thank you to all of our listeners for tuning in. As always, you can stay up to date on our newest episodes of 15 Minutes to Change the World on Spotify and iTunes. Thank you.